0: gardening cats and gators. Welcome to the December 15th Garden with Cisco show and thanks a lot for tuning in. Now in a minute I'm going to do an interview with Terry Rose about the Whidbey Island Garden Workshop. Before I do I want to make a couple announcements. I want to do a restaurant review. <laughs> you know I always love doing those and I only do good ones uh, but I went to the Burian Pizzeria with, uh, Greg and Heidi, a couple of friends and Mary and, uh, oh la la, that pizza is good, good, good. So, uh, i tell you, Burian, it's like the hot spot in, uh, the whole Pacific Sound area here, you know, <laughs> Puget Sound area. And, uh, they got a great chocolate place there too. And, um, I, I wanted to let my friend Greg know if he's listening that that uh, wonderful bottle of Two Mountain Syrah that you gave me as a late present for my birthday. It told me I could store it for eight years. Well, it made a week. <laughs> hey, it tastes just as good after a week as eight years. <laughs> that was really good. Thanks a lot. Hey, uh, just a couple other quick announcements, and that is uh, that uh, I will be on New Day on Monday at 11 o'clock on King 5, and I'm going to be showing uh, really fun little stocking stuffers for your uh, for the gardener in your life. Oh, la, la. <laughs> so I think that'll be a lot of fun. I hope so, anyway. And... Uh, Also, I want to let you know, Mary put a really cool thing on her website. So I visited a place called Newgrange, Mary and I did. It's an ancient tomb in Ireland, and uh, we went there uh, when we were leading a garden tour in Ireland. And um, Newgrange is this ancient, ancient tomb. It's older than the pyramids, older than Stonehenge, any of that kind of stuff, and it's humongous, and you have to get uh you know you have to get a reservation to go in it and everything, but they set this thing up back then, so that uh on the winter solstice when the sun rises, the sun goes in and lights up this big dark passageway inside it is one of the i mean we didn't get to see that, but uh so what they do is they um have a lottery and a few people get to go in every day around the solstice, you'd be one of the only people in the world to ever get to go in there at that time and see it all light up if it's not cloudy. And we are talking about Ireland here. So, so really cool. You might want to check that out. Just click on Newgrange and you'll you'll be able to learn all about it. It was one of the coolest things I've ever seen. Last little thing I want to tell you. Is that, you know, last week Greg uh, Butler and I were talking about uh, plants that attract, that bloom in the winter and attract hummingbirds. So I put that list on the front page of cisco.com. Mary did actually. And uh, so you can check that out and you'll know uh, if you travel like I do in the winter, then you can plant all these plants in your garden and you will have the hummingbirds will stay. It'll feed them all winter and that's what I do. Okay. All right, so right now, uh, we have got Terry Rose on the line. Terry, how you doing? doing great,
1: Cisco. The place you just described, it's actually older than either you or me.
0: Yeah, that's it? hard to believe, I'll tell you what. <laughs> and I'm going to keep eating my Brussels sprouts so that I get oh. that old someday.
1: <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. Good uh. stuff. Uh-huh. I want to tell you about the upcoming Whidbey, Whidbey gardening workshop, which happens uh, March second at Oak Harbor High School. Yeah, Did you, I, I'm I'm reading my notes here, and I kind of shocked myself. That's the thirty. <laughs> this will be the thirty-first year. Wow! Of the Whidbey gardening workshop.
0: Hey, wow. do you do you know uh, who was the very first uh, headline speaker at it?
1: Uh, some guy named Cisco, I think Was
0: I? Oh la la <laughs> I don't know if I was or not But that's cool if I was
1: <laughs> I'm not absolutely certain But it seems to me I've been told that you were the first speaker
0: Wow, there. oh <laughs> my gosh Isn't that amazing? That Isn't is, that I'm amazing. sitting there with a huge hand right now <laughs>
1: it's, it's really a razzle-dazzle great, great, great thing If you're into gardening at all I, I, our keynote speaker this year, I think, is probably an acquaintance of yours, Dan oh, yeah. Times. Oh, yeah. yeah he's yeah. great. He's, uh, oh, he really is. He's an internationally recognized travel plants man. I don't think I've ever heard that expression before. No. <laughs> uh, and he's an author and a lecturer. He's president of Terra Nova Nursery.
0: Which is a great uh, a online Northwest nursery. Pastor.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Spectacular new plant introductions. And of course, that's what Terra Nova means. Um, He's going to talk about the greatest garden shows on earth. And I bet you, you've oh, attended boy. quite a few of those.
0: I bet I have. And I love yeah.
1: them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's just spectacular. Now, now you know this man. So you know, he's a fun guy. Yep. And, um, we're trying something out this year that I think people will like a lot on the Friday afternoon, a uh, late afternoon prior to the actual gardening workshop. There'll be a meet and greet with Dan at, um, uh, where is here? I've gotten written down somewhere here. Uh, a, a place in Oak Harbor, and uh, he will just absolutely razzle dazzle you. He tell you all about things that are coming up, oh, and you get fun. to ask him questions.
0: That is which really you don't cool get
1: to do. You know, while he's on stage, you don't you, not no, many questions. At that's least. it. Yeah. Um, and the actual website to register for the the Woodby Gardening Workshop will open up about one week from today and if people want to write it down so they can they better to it about they, one week to, from today yeah, yeah
0: january 13th it's, it's, right
1: yep and yep. you know no, well, i want when actually you can start registering that's i want to let register. people
0: i want to let people know that they don't think around cuz it sold out last yeah. year really fast
1: yep Yep, absolutely sold out last year. Couldn't get anybody in. <laughs> but but that's okay. If you get on it soon when we open up the website, which should open up a week from today, uh, you'll get in. Quite likely you'll get in. Yeah. And and the registration address on your computer is Whitby Gardening Workshop. All run together, spelled properly, dot org. And also, the gardening workshop.
0: And also, I want to let everybody know that there's a link right on the front page of Cisco.com, so you can yeah. click on that, and then you'll be all ready on uh, on January 13th to click right on there and get signed up. Yep.
1: And away <laughs> you go. Yeah. You you know because you've been here. In fact, it's yeah. like the delight of introducing you one time when you were our keynote speaker. Yeah, it was, that was fun. fun. You know how. How many uh, classes we have scheduled for this year? I know you've... Forty... I, you're kidding. Forty-seven. Forty-seven? <clears throat> yes. Wow. And of that forty-seven, thirty-two of them are new. You're kidding. Um, wow. no, not at all. Some of the new ones, color in the winter garden, which can be a little difficult in the that Pacific Northwest. Yeah, can
0: be very Turning difficult. your
1: property into a wildlife lover's paradise, and I know that's right where you live yeah. you yeah, love, I
0: love wildlife it. that's oh, I do i do i do and
1: then, and then secrets of vegetable <laughs> companion planting cool that's, i think that's kind of neat new stuff that's the new stuff yeah we we um we cover let's see we have five major categories um and and they happen in three sessions throughout the day 47 of them. the major categories garden design gardening basics ornamentals sustainability and maintenance, and fruit and vegetable gardening. Um, so that pretty
0: well covers it. Well,
1: it covers um,
0: the whole base, you know. That's uh, it's yeah. really fun. It's like, for instance,
1: if you were a beginning gardener, and I know you're nowhere near a beginning gardener, one of the basics or some of the basics you could learn in these classes, irrigation, pests, weeds, cutting gardens, which is tricky, Pruning, which can be super tricky, it's a whole different way of pruning different plants. Um, natives, rain gardens, and shade. But by the way, we planted a big rain garden down at the Green Bank Farm here oh. on Whidbey Island. Oh,
0: it's I love the green Bank
1: It's thriving. Farm. It's just thriving. It looks absolutely gorgeous.
0: Well, I have to and go at And that was done by that. Master Gardeners. I, I hadn't noticed that. I take my dog over there. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I love I'm animals. going to go walk
1: one of my dogs there later this <laughs> afternoon. Yeah. <laughs> That's really neat. Oh, too fun. Do you have questions about the place? I, I mean, I can give you all kinds of information, but um, the Woodby Gardening Workshop is just, well, I, I should say that for the past couple of years, we've averaged uh, over 400 people attending it, and uh, over half of the, the uh, attendees came from off island. So a lot of people love wow. to come over here to Whitby and, and spend the weekend uh, and do the, the meet-and-greet with the the uh, keynote speaker and then attend the gardening workshop the next day. But you can stay in some really great places in Oak Harbor, and they've got special rates just for the Whitby Gardening Workshop people mm-hmm. who are coming in.
0: Terry, don't have uh, You too can much... find
1: out that information, too, by the way.
0: Too, I don't have too much more time, but uh, what's it cost to attend the workshop?
1: Uh, The workshop pre-registration, like when we open up the registration thing, is $45. If you walk in and you're fortunate enough to get a class on a walk-in, because it sells out pretty early, it's $50.
0: Not bad at all, though. I mean, that's a great deal for all you're going to learn. And um, what about the Friday? I assume you have to be registered to go to the Friday meet and greet.
1: Well, I think it would be a good idea. Now, I'm not sure it's mandatory. That's oh, something okay. you will find out when you go to the uh, the,
2: the website, uh, sign-in okay. place. Yep.
1: Uh, that is an additional cost. That's thirty bucks for that. Great. Uh, and um, I think it would be worth it just to ask the man the question. Oh yeah, <laughs> well he's
0: he's got so much, so many years of wisdom. I'm not saying you're old, Dan. <laughs>
1: But he's got a lot of
0: accumulated wisdom there, and uh, he knows his plants and gardening, so, boy, yeah, that'd be worth it for sure. Well, this sounds like you've really put together a great, great workshop this year.
1: We work on it hard, yeah. Yeah, We sure want people to be pleased with it.
0: All right, the Whitby Gardening Workshop, Saturday, March 2nd, from 8 to 5. Oak Harbor High School, you don't want to miss this, uh, keynote speaker Dan Himes. Well, hey, Terry, it's always so great to talk to you, buddy. Take care, man. It's always a delight.
1: And you, Next time you come over to the island, give me a holler, and we'll go walk our dogs together.
0: Hey, it's a deal. I'll do that for sure. Okay, take care, and okay. thank you. Okay, take care, buddy. Bye-bye. All right, so don't forget there's a link right on the front page of Cisco.com to the Whidbey Gardening Workshop. All right. Hey, I'm flying solo today, so I'm happy to take your questions. If I don't get any calls right away, I'll talk a little bit more about some of these uh, winter-blooming plants that attract hummingbirds, And we'll be right back, 97.3 Cairo FM. is Gardening with
2: Cisco on the all-new Cairo Radio Weekends. Brought to you by PacificTopSoil.com and Molbax in Woodenville. Ooh la la. Here's Cisco.
0: Ooh la la. So hey, I should give the number if you want to give me a call. one 888 973 cairo one 973 5476 You won't have to wait too long to get in since there's nobody on the list. <laughs> So, hey, I did want to. I do have a bunch of emails that have come in, but I think what I'll start with is uh, just talking about a few more of those incredible plants that I depend on to keep the Anna's hummingbird that stays up here, uh, up in my garden year round. And I have three Anna hummingbirds, Anna's hummingbirds, that I see practically every day just battling it out here in my garden. Don't those guys ever make friends? You know it's like I you know they're probably married, but they're still battling it out, but uh, anyway, we talked about Gravilia Victoria, which is this incredible six foot tall shrub. It looks kind of like a silver leafed willow because uh, the bottom of the leaves are real silver, covered with red flowers comes from Melbourne, Australia, but it's fantastic. And then Greg talked about Mahonias. So there's all these Oregon grapes from Asia, and they're crossing them all the time, and they have beautiful yellow flowers, most of them. Some are even fragrant. The hummingbirds depend on them all winter long. So, uh, And then I talked about Camellia sasanquas. These things bloom in the middle of winter. It's only the ones that are very single that attract the hummingbirds. If you have a real double one, you don't see any of those... Uh, stamens, the yellow things in there, then it's probably not going to attract hummingbirds. But boy, the one called Yuletide, they're all over it all winter long. So great. So there's a viburnum called Bodentensei dawn. And viburnum Bodentensei can get 20 feet tall, (laughs) although that's rare. But 15 feet, 12 feet, 15 feet, Pretty common, but not a big tree that's going to cause trouble. It's got one problem with it, and I admit it, and that's it suckers so much that it can look a little rowdy. But if you keep that thing pruned, it was the big hit at the Northwest Flower and Garden Show one year for sure. So if you keep it uh, well pruned, then Bowden Tensei Dawn is one of the prettiest plants you ever see. Blooms with the most fragrant pink flowers you've ever seen. All winter long. It's fantastic. The hummingbirds can't leave it alone. Cut some of the flowers off. Oh, my gosh, you'll think someone's getting married in the back room in your house. It's so fragrant. <laughs> All right. Hey, I've got so many phone calls, but we can't go to those yet. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to take a break in about a second or two here. And then uh, when we come back, I will go right to those phone calls. So, uh Pat from Renton, you will be up first when we come back, and then uh, Rhoda will get you up there too. So right back on the best gardening show in the whole world, including the Pacific Northwest, by the way, and uh, 97.3 Cairo FM. Okay, we're back, and uh, hey, let's go right to Renton and talk to Pat. Hey, Pat, welcome to the show.
3: Well, thank you. I have a couple questions about clematospines. Uh-huh. Somebody, quite possibly you, told me years ago that I should leave them on the, well, just leave them there until the spring when they show new growth. Is that is that right? I'd like to cut them down because they're so bloody ugly.
0: But... <laughs> they are bloody ugly. Yeah, well, it depends on when your clematis blooms. Okay, so,
3: well, I have one. One is a Nelly Moser.
0: Okay, you got to leave that.
3: I have to leave that. Yeah, one. because see, yeah.
0: that's already set all the buds. You could prune it to neaten it up or something a little bit, but that so buds, it's not going to grow up anymore if I if I
3: prune it to the ground. Then no, if
0: you if you prune it to the ground now, you'll get no flowers next year.
3: Well, can I prune it to the ground in the spring?
0: No, not really. You can. Okay,
3: so I have to leave the vines up there then.
0: Yeah, you can. But what you could do is you could prune a third or more of the vines down different lengths. So you could take, if it's really a crowded mess, you could take some of the vines out. You could cut others back a third, others back two-thirds. That's what you have to do to the spring-blooming clematis.
3: Now, you well, I must, I must have killed it years ago because it just resurfaced about three years ago. Uh, so you maybe can't. I did put it to the ground. Anyway, yeah. it came back. You the other you one can't. I
0: have is a jackamani Giacomani? Giacomanii. Good. Well, that one you could cut down now. I can. Yeah, okay. because Giacomanii, what it does is it blooms as it grows. And that's the best kind of clematis, in my opinion, because you can cut those down in the fall. They couldn't care less. As they grow, they set buds and then bloom. So they bloom almost all summer long as they grow. And you don't have to live with that ugly stuff okay, on yeah, whatever well, it's on. Okay, I'm, I'm one for two then. So. Yeah, you're doing pretty good.
3: Yeah, so I, I just, have to leave Nellie over there,
0: huh? Yeah, I don't just want her so, to
3: disappear again because yeah. somebody else told me to, to prune it then in the, after it was done blooming. And by yeah. golly, it did. It bloomed again in the fall. So Well,
0: you, you could prune it lightly, but if you whack it down to the ground, you're not going to see any blooms in the fall. And you'll be lucky if you see any the next spring. Okay.
3: Well, I think I'll just leave it up there then and have it look ugly.
0: Yeah, that's, you know, what the heck? That's not so bad. Talk to you later. (laughs) All right, Pat, thanks a lot for the call. Bye-bye. All right, we're going to Great View now to talk to Rhoda. Hey, Rhoda, how are you?
2: Hey, Cisco, I'm good, thanks. How are you today? (laughs) Uh,
0: Fantastic. Uh,
2: Great. I'm calling on behalf of the birds with an idea that um, I know that, We've been told not to use bird seed because it attracts the rodents, but I've discovered that if I feed the birds, like in my case, I do about two cups each feeder in the morning, and it's, it's gone by noon. Mm-hmm. So I feel like I, I'm not um, attracting the rodents. I hope that's right, and I also keep a lot of water... In the bird bask because as you said, the, the water is really important for the birds and yeah. the creatures this time of year. But the idea of using the seed, you know, just for a few hours, maybe four or five hours, they take care of it and then it's gone.
0: Well, I, Do you think that's good? I think that's brilliant. And, oh, you know, good. the problem is not all of us would work that hard as you do. But there is one other thing to keep in mind. Birds are mm-hmm. kind of pigs, you know. <laughs> they push yeah. a lot of the seed out of the feeder. So you yeah. want to make sure you clean up under it because, uh, you know, at my house, I had never seen a rat at my house till I hung up bird feeders. And then uh, the doggone rat. Uh, the first rat I saw, I'm doing a garden tour at my house, and we've done the tour, and we're sitting on my patio having a glass of wine, and I see this big, fat rat going across the arbor above the patio. <laughs> I tried to tell a good story quick, but everybody saw it. And uh, so uh, I I went out and bought this these special bird feeders that are totally rodent-proof, and the next day, my wife comes home from work, and there is the fattest rat stuck in its big fat butt, is sticking out of the container. Oh my god! Oh yeah. So, Aww. but I'll tell you what. Um, I think if you keep it cleaned up underneath, mm-hmm. and your idea of only putting in enough so the birds get to eat it quick, I think that'll work a hundred percent. I think it's a brilliant idea.
2: Well, great, you know, and I noticed that a lot of the the ground feeders, if if I stop it at noon, a lot of the doves and some of the other birds that like to eat off the ground, they'll be there in flocks. We even have some quail that come in
0: oh, cool. um,
2: and in eat, so that helps, too, I think, clean yeah, up the ground.
0: The, oh, yeah, they eat, I'm sure, you've got lots of them like that. That's going to help mm-hmm. a lot, you know, and... Um, so I think oh, you're in great shape, and you'll know because if it's not working, you're going to spot those. You're going to see a rat try and get into the feeder or something like that, yeah. which is
2: just Yeah, a we'll keep an keep an eye out for that. I noticed the suet, um, some creature came and got the suet and the holder and took oh. it off, so <laughs> I kind of given up on that.
0: <laughs> well, hey, George Pinu. George Pinu used to be our extension agent. He's he's no longer alive, but he was one of my best friends. And he told me that he, at his house down in Kent, he saw a squirrel pull the bird feeder up. It was on this uh, branch or something, and it was pulling the chain, <laughs> pulling the whole thing up. So, so there, those guys, all those little rodents are awfully smart but mm-hmm. uh but so it's our job to outsmart them so and it's so fun to feed the birds i don't do it anymore it is. you know There's i wish i could but, but
2: yeah i just thought i'd call just to give people hope that there there is an alternative to just stopping
0: that's a really good point and i do want to point out that even when i stop feeding the birds because I had so many fountains and bird baths, none of mm-hmm. my favorite birds, only those uh, those purple finches, are the only guys that left. And,
2: oh, interesting. Yeah, the so rest the of them. Does it.
0: Yeah, all the nuthatches, the chickadees, the towies, you know, all those guys stayed. But, you know, I have about 875,000 different kinds of plants in my garden, so they have yeah, plenty to
2: eat, helps. you know. Yeah, my Mahonia Charity is absolutely gorgeous now. Oh. You know, it blooms for so long.
0: Boy, they bloom gorgeous. for long, and boy, don't the hummingbirds love those. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's so fun so to beautiful. watch.
2: Well, thank uh. you, Cisco, so much for everything, for all of your information over all these years. I really appreciated
0: <laughs> you so much. Hey, thank Rhoda, you. you're the best. Yes. Thanks so much. Oh, thank you. Thanks a lot, Cisco. Okay, bye-bye. Thanks, Thanks for calling. Okay, so we've got all open lines again. I'm going to have time for probably, you know, one, maybe two calls at the most. Only one. Brian says, you're only going to have time for one. Okay, so the first caller that calls in, you'll get your question answered. Otherwise, uh, I'll do a quick email. We'll do one or the other. We'll make sure something's happening on this show. Right back, 97.3 Cairo FM. Yeah, boy, we've been having the weather on. It's like we're getting November and December this year is what's happening. But, hey, I'm happy for all you skiers. Lots of snow. Hey, let's go to Emily in North Bend. And, Emily, thank you so much for calling.
2: Hi, thanks for answering my question.
0: Yeah, you betcha.
2: So, I have um, some t- like 12 to 14 foot arborvites that serve as a, as a privacy fence between my and my neighbor's house. And my neighbors have asked me if I could lop the tops off to give them a better view of the mountain in town. And I'm happy to do that, except I dislike the look of the, the cut tops on arborvides. Uh, Is there yeah. a way to lower the height of the arborvides without cutting the tops straight off?
0: Well, you can, what you can do. And this is tricky, and you gotta. But it's not the highest skilled pruning, but it's it takes time. Let's put it that way. But uh, so I used to be a professional pruner, and I have pruned about. I think I at last count it was eight billion nine hundred and forty-two arborvitis <laughs> Oh wow! <laughs> but but um. So what you got to do? You got to you know you shouldn't cut off more than a third of them if you can help it. So a third of the way down. If you go further than that, you could stress the trees out and cause a little trouble. So then when you do that, you go up there in the ladder, you're going to be, you know, you're going to probably need a saw up there, and you're going to cut the the main branches. And hopefully, if you only go a third of the way down, you're not going to be cutting into really thick trunk, but you may be. And um, so... Because usually when they get toward the top, uh, the stems kind of divide up there. So you may be cutting in more individual stems. But what you do is you cut that main trunk down a little farther than the ones around it. Because there's lots of little okay. branches coming out. And then you just individually prune each of the little side branches so that you make, you build a little dome uh, shape. Up there on the top, and uh, you know, okay. s- and you can you can cut those side branches anywhere where there, those I don't, I don't know if you call them needles or leaves or scales, but you cut you, you can cut right into those and but they will kind of branch out wherever you make a cut. But uh, so yeah, you can okay. kind of keep that nice dome shape, but it's uh, it's quite time consuming to do that.
2: Okay, gotcha. And a follow-up question to that is, what time of year? Well, you I know, do that?
0: I and that's what I was about to mention. And that is that if you kind of wait a little longer, then what'll happen in spring? You'll get new growth that'll really help cover up all your cuts. But you could do it okay. any you can really do it any time you want, so you could do it in winter sometimes it's people go, "Well, I got the time now, in spring I'm so busy weeding and yep. doing everything else, so you could do it pretty much any time you want but uh if you accidentally make some bad cuts and and those cut back uh main trunks are standing there, you get to enjoy them all winter long till spring <laughs> comes. <laughs> Okay. Wonderful. Thank you so much. Uh, Good luck, Emily. Thanks for the call. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Okay. So I've got just a a couple of minutes, and so I am going to quick do a fun email I got. So from Allison, I got an email asking me, she said someone gave me a potato. It's spelled B I M B I N T J E. And it 's called a benji potato she 's going i 've never even heard of one of these things. Uh, you know, how do I grow it well i hadn't really heard of it either, <laughs> but I did a bunch of research and I found out that it 's one of the oldest It was the original french fry potato i think i I think a Dutch guy invented it like in nineteen fourteen or something don 't you know take me too literally on this. But uh, anyway, some guy from Europe invented this, and it was the first potato with really yellow uh, meat inside, you know, really yellow-looking stuff. And so uh, it's been really popular over the years. uh, For years and years and years, uh, they've used it to make French fries. But you can use it for practically anything. I've heard it makes really good mashed potatoes, the whole nine yards. The problem is... And you grow them just like you grow any potato. And in our climate, it's going to take a long time to ripen up. So you know you got to wait till the. You could you know you could dig down get some new potatoes. You just pull those off the vine and you serve. You got to serve those right away. They don't keep, and you just add lots of butter, and they're fantastic. <laughs> but. They're good with Brussels sprouts. But if you wait till all the vines die back in the fall, you want to plant them about the first week April. You wait till all the, die, the vines die back in the fall, cut it right, cut all the vines to the ground, and then wait a week and then you dig in and harvest. And you're going to get there. They produce quite well in our area from everything I've been able to underst- find out about them anyway. And the biggest problem, Allison, is that uh, someone gave you one now. Now you got to keep that potato from sprouting too much, and do you know, growing like mad, and keep it from rotting until a, the first week April, when you can plant the sucker. So what I would do is I would keep that in a paper bag in my garage, in the dark, and uh, unheated garage. And then if you're lucky, it'll survive all winter long. But a uh, whole lot of different I, – I went online to see if you could buy them. You could buy the, you know, the seed potatoes for those from a lot of companies. So if the one your special friend gave you dies over the wintertime or starts growing like mad, if it does, it's probably not going to work when you try and grow it in the ground. Just order some new ones. That don't tell them. <laughs> and you and then invite them over for potatoes in the fall cuz uh, they are quite good they keep fairly well they are somewhat disease prone so you're going to have to you know watch out for that and uh, you know but um but they're supposed to be absolutely delicious and if you've had french fries in Europe you probably had benji potatoes so <laughs> I've never made my own French fries. So, actually, I don't hardly ever eat French fries. I don't know why. Okay, so, I, hey, I hope that helps, Allison. So that was kind of a fun email. Hey, uh, all right. And um, so don't forget, uh, if you want to find out about the winter solstice at New Grange, just go to com and uh, click on New Grange and you can learn all about that. That is so cool. There's a link to the Whitby Gardening Workshop on the front of cisco.com. And all my favorite plants that I depend on to keep my hummingbirds happy when I travel in winter. Believe it or not, that feeds them 100% better than you could almost do with a feeder if you had one out there. So, all right. Well, listen, everybody. Enjoy this wonderful weather. Keep giving your pups walks, even if you have to bring them home wet and your whole house smells like a wet dog like mine does. (laughs) Brian, thank you so much. Always great. And uh, everyone, take care. Eat your Brussels sprouts. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye.